Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, all seven runs in heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. The way too early 2024 NFL draft cycle is slowly rotting draft Twitter's brains. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. Nathaniel Hackett's facial hairstylist. And joining me as always is AJ, just draft big hosses on the offensive line, Marchese. Oh, you're not loving those uh, Cardinals getting Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. mocks, Rob? No, but I am loving the AFC East only drafted big mm-hmm. boys. I love it. Today we'll be breaking down the AFC East 2023 NFL draft classes. Let's hit it. Seven. 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 Seven rounds in heaven with my baby. Driving out. To Casey, maybe looking for Stroud or a Bryce Young. Who's gonna wear a Hawaiian shirt today? Who's gonna put ketchup on a stick? Who's gonna, gonna find a steal in the fifth? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And, and that's, that's a song. song. Today's episode of Seven Rounds in Heaven is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink, spelled like sports drink without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. AJ, the AFC's done it again. They've earned draft grades from us. They've done it again. Congratulations, AFC East. Uh, once a year, you can do it. It could work. My, my, my first question to you is, how do you feel about the concept of draft grades? Some people get really upset by them. Some people like really love them. I feel like they're more of a tool to just talk about draft picks than they are meaningful. Yeah, I think it's just... I want to use the word fun, but yeah, I think a tool is a good word. I, I feel like people getting upset about them is like people who don't enjoy anything <laughs> and people who like, it's, it's the people who get upset with comps too. Like comp, yeah. comps are supposed to be fun. It's all fun. None of this really matters. It's a game like, people. Come on. Obviously none of these guys have played in the NFL yet. We're using the, what we know about them as prospects, what we know about the team that drafted them to just talk about them stick a arbitrary grade on them because why not sports are a bit hot takes yeah it's about what people think like that's in enjoying the entertainment 
No one knows. These teams don't know. Like, like no one knows. Who cares? Just shoot off takes. You're right, Rob. Yeah. So here we are to to shit on the whole AFC East. I love it. No, I'm, I'm giving A's to everyone this year. Good work, everybody. Uh, hey, we talked about it on the last show. There aren't a no, there are not a lot of uh, egregious draft classes this year. No, there isn't. Like, and I feel like I'm gonna like try to manufacture some more bad grades to just have some more. You know what I mean? Um, but like, I there's not gonna be a single D. I don't think in these eight divisions. No, no. I, I think it's mainly gonna be A's and B's. Maybe like a C plus. I don't know. I, I think a lot of team hit B's. Yeah, there was a there was a lot of like yeah, that makes sense. That's solid. Uh, I know PFF gave it, like, mainly A's, so. They just love the game, you know? So do we. Um, Let's start with the Buffalo Bills. The team that's looking to use this draft class to help them take that step to to conquer the Chiefs, the Bengals, to get to the Super Bowl, um, hopefully win one for the first time ever. Did this draft class do it? Did this put them over the top, AJ? Uh, it's also worth noting, um, they haven't drafted very well recently. They haven't. I think they haven't. But I, I think this is a pretty good class. Um, by the way, I, I, my, my grades can easily be swayed. I feel like I won't have a final grade until we get to the point. Like After we discuss it all, you know. Um, okay. <laughs> I have I have things written down, though. Don't worry, I'm not going to panic. Do I think this is the class to put them on the top? Over the top? I don't know. But I think it's a good class. Um, I think I think it's interesting, uh, mainly because they're the only team to take a tight end in the first round. They use the 25th overall pick on Dalton Kincaid, who they needed another pass catcher, whether it was a receiver or a tight end. Yep. It's interesting because I think we're going to see Kincaid be – like he's an F tight end. He's going to be more like a jumbo slot, I suspect – where Dawson Knox will be playing in line. They kind of don't have that clear number two receiver. And I think that's what they want Kincaid to be, like Stefan Diggs running mate. Because, like, Gabe Davis is so boomer bust. Yeah. They can't rely on that. But um, becoming the third target of the offense, you feel a bit better, right? Yeah. Um, our boy Khalil Shakir is set to uh, take yeah, a yeah. this year. But I, I, I also think it's worth noting, like, tight ends don't transition easily to the NFL. So I, I wonder what expectations will be for Dalton Kincaid in year one, especially he's coming off the back injury. He's a little older. Um, there's only been two tight ends ever to have 1,000 yards as rookies. There's only been, I think, 12 to surpass 600 yards. So <clears throat> it's it, I think we need to temper expectations. But at the same time, with Dalton Kincaid's ball skills, this offense being what it is, and their need to find that kind of number two guy, he has a chance to really put up some numbers. But I could also see it being a little disappointing in year one. I think I think it leans towards the more disappointing, but that doesn't mean that like it wasn't a wise pick. Like you said, it's just tight ends take a bit to catch on in the NFL, you know. And I do think like if anyone's going to translate quickly. Um, you know, to the NFL passing game, um, I think Kincaid's got a good shot at it. Like, I just think, like, like we talked about, he's just such a fluid mover and uh, a hell of a route runner and great ball skills. Like, I I think maybe, like, the, the numbers won't be eye-popping, but I, and, like, maybe some fans will come away with, like, well, why do we do that? But in a class where a lot of other tight ends were um, way overdrafted, 
Um, I don't think Kincaid was, right? I, I had him. I, right. You had him pretty much the same value. I had him 19 on my board. This was pick 25. They traded up a little bit. Yeah, I had him 22. Yeah, so I think well, well worth the pick in this in this class. And like also I said, worth, yeah, go worth noting the, the four receivers who we mm-hmm. saw as potential first-round picks were off the board by the time the Bills picked. Yeah. The Bills traded up to jump the Cowboys to ensure they get got Kincaid. So, like, it was it was good work by Brandon Bean to make sure they came away with one of the best just pass catchers mm-hmm. in the class. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm sure, like, he'd probably be right in the mix, like, in, in their overall grades with those receivers, if not top the list, right? Yeah. And, yeah, I think him and Knox are going to be a hell of a duo. Like you said, I think Kincaid will see a lot of slot work. Um I think he'll he'll factor in, but I don't know if the I don't know if the numbers are gonna be like eye popping, but I think he helps this team year one. But you're right, we do have to temper expectations. Yeah, no, I feel like it's just not fair to him just because no. it's a position where we don't see that, but there's gonna be way more I feel like there's more pressure on him to perform than with the four receivers drafted above him because pretty much, yeah. It's it's the Buffalo Bills and they they really don't have that clear number two guy after Stefan Diggs. And they're going to be relying on Kincaid so much. And, and Kincaid had so much pre-draft hype. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Daniel Jeremiah had him, like, his 10th player, right? Nine or 10, yeah. Yeah, which is wild. But, like, you can understand why, just given he is arguably the best pure pass catcher in this class mm-hmm. because of those ball skills. I, I would say he has the best ball skills in the class. Um, I'm excited to see kind of how he's deployed. I, I think it's going to be fun. And at the end of the day, all we want is for these teams to get funner. And I think this pick made the Bills funner, but their second round pick made them better. And they got Osiris Torrance 59th overall, which is one of the steals of the draft. Yeah, absolutely. It's exactly what they needed. I mean, if they took him at 27, I think that would have been a great pick there. Um, I had, hey, they, they took my ninth, the 19th and 20th players on my board. Uh, but they did that twenty five and fifty nine. So I love those values, obviously. Yeah, I had Torrance twenty eight. Like. Yeah, he's exactly what they needed. And hell, if they if they flipped it the other way, you know, took a guard at twenty seven, which I mean wouldn't have made sense. But and then tried to wait on a tight end, it it wouldn't have gone well for them. So they no, played it. Schoonmaker went fifty eight. Right? Yeah. Like, Tucker Craft was kind of the the. I mean, Brenton Strange got overdrafted, but. Yeah, like it worked out well the way they played it. Yeah, it did. It really did. And it, again, I didn't expect Torrance to still be there at fifty nine, but the the whole kind of group of IOLs kind of fell a little bit until until Juice Schwartz time. But yeah, yeah, and, and obviously, like the big thing with the Bills has been their inability to consistently run the football. And I'm glad that Brandon Bean went about it in a way in the way that let's not draft another running back. In the top 100. Yeah. Let's get a, a freaking Haas, one of the biggest bullies uh, on the offensive line in this class, a true people mover. Like, Osiris Torrance definitely has his flaws. He's not great in space, and he can struggle against speed rushers, but he is such a wide and powerful player who brings such an edge to the offensive line. Like, I think this makes the whole offensive line better because they needed that kind of mf up front to help set the tone. And now now you've got, they signed Connor McGovern in free agency. So now you've got Deion Dawkins, McGovern, Mitch Morse. Um, I think Osiris Torrance will beat out Ryan Bates for that right guard spot. Yeah, and then so. Spencer Brown, who's a little shaky, but like, <laughs> it, it, 
it looks so much better on paper already just by adding Torrance and McGovern. Yeah, and like like the running game, like you know, they brought in Damon Harris, who I think is gonna be a really good uh fit there. Hines obviously the trade from at the deadline, you know, like that and James Cook emerging. And they brought in big old Latavius Murray. Like think, which Go ahead, yeah. Which uh I saw a tweet today, someone tweeted like you wouldn't believe how many rushing yards Latavius Murray has in his career. I was like, oh, it's got to be like 3,500. This man has over 6,000 rushing yards in his career. I was just like flabbergasted. He's just been around for so long. He has, yeah. And he keeps finding work, man. And he keeps like, you know, we've we've kind of been down on him his whole career, but he keeps he keeps producing. Uh, but no, Torrance is exactly what this Bills, this Bills office needed, and specifically the line. And I think that's a that's an A or A-plus pick there at 59. And then in the third round, obviously they lose Tremaine Edmonds in free agency. So they draft Tulane linebacker Dorian Williams at 91. Um, more in the mold of Matt Milano than in the mold of Edmonds. Edmonds yeah. Uh, where kind of smaller, more explosive striker. It's a little bigger than Milano. He's 6'1, 228 ish. Um, I I mean remember last year they draft Terrell Bernard at yeah. eighty nine right so they yeah. actually took Bernard earlier than Williams so I'm interested to see kind of how that competition plays out. I um, feel like Williams has the inside track. I don't know though. I think Dorian Williams is a better like because we're assuming he's, he's competing for the Mike job right yeah. like Matt Milano is going to be their will. Dorian Williams is a better Mike linebacker than Terrell Bernard. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, I I. I'm, in, but I am interested. Like, if are, is AJ Klein just going to end up being their Mike linebacker? Because that's a lot to put on the plate of a, a rookie third round linebacker for a Super Bowl contender. Uh, I I know you liked Dorian Williams a little bit more than me. I had him 118th on my board. I had him 96. So this is right where the value lies for me. And, you know, they they got a one pick later than uh, Demarvin Overshawn, who I thought uh, Dorian Williams was better than. Yes. Too. Yes. So, in the context of the linebacker group, I mean... It felt funny, too. It felt funny. But I still think right where they got him um, looks pretty good for the Bills. And, yeah, definitely a guy that, like, I don't know if he'll be, uh, like, a starter starter, uh, but he'll be competing for the spot and will be playing a lot of high leverage snaps, I think. Um, He's also just, like, very downhill explosive, very fluid. Like, the potential is there for him to be a trustworthy cover linebacker. is a little inconsistent, yeah. actually, but... Like, you saw the potential there. Like, you saw him covered wheel routes way downfield. He had his moments at the Senior Bowl with it, too. Um, I think it's a good landing spot for Williams, too. Me, too. He seem, he he has the, the makeup of kind of what they seem to like at linebacker mm-hmm. uh, outside of the uh, Edmonds, where it's they seem to like these kind of slightly smaller, more explosive, yeah. but, like, violent linebackers, yeah. which he is. Um, so I think they. Fifth, sorry, I just wanted to summarize there. I think they did really, really well with their top 100. I I think just the fact that they could get Osiris Torrance at 59, where yeah. like you said, we would have been like, yeah, that makes sense at 27, mm-hmm. and that really helps. Um, at 150 in the fifth round, they get uh, Justin Shorter, the receiver from Florida, who is pure potential that never totally came together. Former yeah. five star, played at Penn State, transferred to Florida, had his moments, but um, also. That dude, that dude's uh, first one off the bus type of guy. Like, just <laughs> yeah. he's built. Um, I this is a little earlier than I would have taken him, but uh, okay, I, I'm interested. He's super big and athletic. Maybe Josh Allen throws him a couple 50-50 balls a, a season. Who knows? 
Um, he had a good uh, East West Shrine Bowl, it's worth noting. So I thought that was all right. And then seventh round, uh, Ole Miss's Nick Broker uh, on the offensive line, Oregon State corner Alex Austin. Both those picks made sense. Yeah, and I think shorter, like yeah, I'm not wasn't you know super high or anything, but <clears throat> at 150 with how these receivers went, uh, there's a couple better receivers than him still available, but I'm like that. That's worth the swing for sure. And um, yeah, Broker, you know. IOL depth, sure, that's fine. And Austin's kind of interesting, like that, like for a late round yeah. seventh round pick. Um, for a late seventh round pick, I think like there's some potential to make the roster and maybe hang around there. I feel like, especially with the Bills, they're they're late round undrafted DBs yeah. always find a way to yeah. find a spot. Like last year, Christian Benford, for example, was a sixth round pick at a Villanova. He had his moments as a rookie. Um, so I'm, I am interested. Like Alex Austin's long. He's not the most athletic guy, but he's long. He's fluid and he's feisty. He, he fits. He fits the Bills. Like he. Yeah. If he, you know, five years from now, it's like you know, it worked with Alex Austin. It, that, that just lines up. So I ended up giving them a B plus. I thought it was. Um, they filled some needs. It wasn't like a spectacular. Oh my god, insane value, but good football players. Uh, Osiris Torrance to me was the yeah. best value. Dalton Kincaid was the most important pick, obviously. Um, I'm interested to see how Dorian Williams fits in, but yeah, so I thought B plus like very good. I give him an A minus, but yeah, I was kind of a B plus A minus mix. I, I feel the same way as you. You know, Williams is a great fit. Osiris Torrance is exactly what they needed, and seeing what they can get a Kincaid, I, like we said, year one the expectations are going to be high. And that, that, what they get back this year might be really important, but irregardless, I think they got like dynamic pass catcher and like I, the best pass catcher available at that point. So, kind of something that did start for me is the fact that just the, you look at the receivers who went after Justin Shorter, yeah. who is so boomer bust, and it just like they do need a receiver. I thought, and they they took Shorter over guys like um, Puka Nakua, uh, Dontavian Wicks, Parker Washington. Um, uh, Trey Palmer, if they just wanted a true deep threat, like yeah. AT Perry, Perry or or just true boomer boss, Keishon Butte. Like, yeah. so I just thought that was a little tough. Like, but I mean, what is exactly? All right, moving on to the Miami Dolphins. Um, the Chris Greer, Mike McDaniel, pure speed team. Um, no first round pick because. Uh, Mr. Ross was caught in bed with another. Uh, that's okay. It was worth it, wasn't it, Mr. Ross? I wonder who they would have taken. <clears throat> they were right in the middle of the wide receiver run. Those kind do, you, of... do you want to do a mock? Like, yeah, you know, let's do an alternate reality with, with, mock. With, with uh, We'll do the Texans forfeited pick as well <laughs> in the fifth round. Yeah, I mean, at 21, uh, that maybe Anton Harrison, they need offensive line help. Uh, maybe trade back. Maybe... Maybe use that pick on a Deontay Banks so they can use the 51st pick on an offensive lineman. Yeah. Uh, because they took Cam Smith at 51 in the second round of South Carolina, which, all in all, like, they're a little earlier than I had him on my board personally, but I like Cam Smith. I had him 71. Like, that's not, like, an egregious reach or anything. It was just a funny fit. Mm-hmm. I think you feel similarly. Yeah, like, I had him 55. So, 51, that checks out. Like the player, uh, just... You know, in a draft where they had four picks and basically, you know, two of them were in the top 200, essentially, top 197 specifically, for their first pick to be a position that they don't need, 
You know, it just feels so strange. And again, good player value is fine here for me. Just I'm not sure exactly I, the plan with with this selection. I thought for sure 51 would either go towards an offensive lineman, yeah, specifically a guard or a tight end. Yeah. And obviously they they go corner and it's I can understand why with Cam Smith, a guy who could play outside, who I think is going to play nickel for them. He's he's a long, fluid, feisty nickel who um, is a really fun player. Like, I comped him to Legereus Sneed. I love, I love the uh, versatility in the secondary. Mm-hmm. He has, like, all the athleticism you could hope for. Like, you want him to add some weight, but, like, I, th- I think he's going to play well when he plays for them. Yeah. But it's just, like, they have Xavier Howard. They have Jalen Ramsey. They have um, Javon Holland, who can come down and play a little bit of nickel. Uh, they have Cater um, Koo. Koo. Brandon Jones, they bring down too, right? Like yeah. um, Nick Nick Needham, they brought back. Like, yeah. it's I understand like wanting to upgrade at the nickel spot for sure. It's just given like they have such a glaring hole at offensive line and tight end, and then yeah, they. It's just so, I mean, hey, it was still better than the Noah Benogany pick, who's still on the oh, roster. But is, is he still? Okay. Yeah, I think so, <laughs> according to Wikipedia. Yeah, he is. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I get what you mean, like, you know, upgrading a bit at slot, but like, oh, uh, at nickel, but like, like, I don't know, you could have probably done that. Maybe slide just, back from 84. I, I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, the, if, 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 if I felt like, like, you've got enough on your roster right now that it's. It's something up spot you want to improve at, but like it's not going to be the end of your season if you don't right now. Yeah. Whereas their offensive line has such glaring holes still, and they just they don't have a tight end on this roster that like makes any sense to play snaps in an offense that Mike McDaniel runs coming from the Shanahan team, where like having that tight end can be such an X factor. Mm -hmm. And obviously the story of their season last year was the injuries to their quarterback. Right. And you think if that's, you know, if that's the leading story, you'd want to try to do your best to protect him better. And at 51, they they had a chance to get some off the line too, you know, like, and I feel bad that we're banging on Cam Smith so much because yeah. again, we both like think this is right, okay range for him. I think he's gonna be a good football player. It's just so strange that that's the direction they went. But at the same time, I'm not gonna bang him for going Devin Ashe in '84 because that's fun as hell. I love that pick. No, that's. It's a... But like at the same time, it should, everything we said about taking Cam Smith at 51 should also be said here at 84 with yeah. Devin Ashe. Yeah. But also, it's too fun. It is, t- but like you know, when it's not your first pick, you know, you have a little bit more fun to play with. And like I think like I had Devin Ashe ahead of Cam Smith on my board, you know, like so. Um, and like the, like you said, the fit is just absolutely perfect. That explosive speed coming to that backfield. Oh, it's gonna be fun to see how how they get him involved because it's not gonna be just you know. Let him run the old outside zone or anything. They're gonna. It's gonna be that, but also you know, mix him in the gadget plays and like I, I, like I can't wait for them to throw like a, a Waddle, Tyreek Hill, a Shane like triple reverse like out there like where you just, you know, the the defense's head's gonna be spinning. Um, no, like that's that's fun. Like and like we said off the top of the show, all we care about is, is football being more fun. So that's yeah, that's an so A for me. The fastest offense gets faster yeah. with the fastest running back in the class. Their, their running game's been so good because Raheem Mostert's so fast. Um, and I I, I like I, – I think a lot of us thought, oh, man, the Dolphins probably I, – I, one, Devin Ashane's been matched to the Dolphins for, like, two months. Yeah. Like, everyone wanted this. But 
they brought back Jeff Wilson. They bought, brought back Raheem Mostert. Um, you kind of thought, oh, they're probably not going to draft a running back high mm-hmm. now. Um, but I think it's a good thing they brought those guys back because that way, like, Shane's big thing is he's sub-190. We haven't seen a running back sub-190 really work out in the NFL. So, like, he's not going to have to take a pounding. So maybe it's not great fantasy-wise, but Cheers. I think – yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, I think he's going to provide, like, maybe get, like, eight to ten touches a game exactly. and provide such a spark. And Mike McDaniel apparently freaking loved him, which makes so much sense. Exactly. And I felt like this was an offense last year that, like, you know, when McDaniel was in his bag and two was, was rolling, it was it was rolling. But I always felt like they'd find, like, I watched a lot of Dolphins football last year, but they, they like, just hit ruts in the third quarter and they kind of, like, lose some creativity. And I feel like that's... It's a great spot where they okay, let's get a Shane a couple touches and just the defense is a little tired, you know, and and they just see what he can do and I think he, he's gonna open up a bit. And I agree, it's eight to ten touches a game. It's nothing nothing big, but just get him used in some fun ways. And um, I love you're right though. Like was it? The, but you know what? We've been we've been trying to get the Dolphins a running back in the draft. It feels like every every, every for the last like five years a game mocked a running back, right? So I'm just glad, I'm glad they finally picked one in the tough one hundred. Um, and then they didn't pick again till the sixth round where they took Stanford's Elijah Higgins, who interestingly announced as a tight end, yeah. played receiver, like a power slot role at uh, Stanford. Maybe he is their tight end. Like they're listing him as one. I'm interested to see what happens there. Super um, interesting. Super, super yeah. interesting. That And like, I think like where the tight ends went, I don't mind them, th- you know, Rolling the dice on on him here, and they, like you said, announces a tight end. But I still I think Zach Coots would have been a better pick. But yeah, he um has really good ball skills. He's not super refined, but then when you like project him as a tight end, whereas like his athleticism as a receiver is not great, but then as a mm-hmm. tight end, it's like becomes a lot more interesting. He's uh, a very good blocking receiver, so I'm interested to see how that kind of translates as he moves to tight end. Um, but no, I, I think this for him. I think this was best case scenario. Oh, yeah. He's getting drafted to this team who does not have a tight end as a tight end, uh, <clears throat> and, and and even if they did use him more as a power slot, like the, he brings size to the uh, receiver room that they don't totally have. Yeah, they tried with Eric Ezukanma uh, last year and didn't really see him at all. Um, yeah, no. Like again, it's bold, and they're gonna ask. I feel like they're gonna be asking a lot of Higgins if he if he shows anything, right? Um, but I think it's fun. I think it's fun. I think it's a it's a good play. Uh, and then the seventh round, they get your boy Ryan Hayes, offensive lineman from Michigan. I mean, it's a fine swing tackle. At, at that point in the draft, though, I think that's a smart pick. Like, it's not like, oh, wow, Super. amazing. But a guy that can swing, you know, that's kind of what they needed in the seventh round. P- played a lot at Michigan. Yeah. Tested quite well. Yep. Um, Good, like has some sob to him, yeah. So what would you end up giving them? Give them a B minus. Okay, me too. Where it's like, it's mainly the takeaway. Again, I think it's like that they didn't they they took players who made sense in those spots. Mm-hmm. They just it was the players they didn't take that makes it harder to swallow. Yeah, it's just like like the the taking a corner first just kind of fucked the whole thing up for me. And then like it's gonna be asking a lot on Elijah Higgins, you know, but. Overall, fun fun groove. Chris Greer just loves defensive backs. He does. He's, he can't help himself. Um, all right. Moving on to Bill Belichick, who still got it, and the New England Patriots. Um, Is this the hardest class to grade? 
Yeah, it's so weird, but I also love it so much. Uh, me that, too. Like, I had to tone down my grade a little bit because it's like, I love it, but like maybe if I'm thinking more, uh, more beyond what I like, it's it's maybe not an A plus 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 plus. But you know what was that? It was taking Christian Gonzalez yeah. at seventeen. Yeah, that's an A plus 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 plus. Number six on my board. That just, I mean, when it happened, it's like that the Washington pass on him. I'm like, ooh, and they landed Gonzalez. This is like he's going to be a starter for 10 years, multi-pro bowls, multi-all-pro. I, I think this is just a slam dunk home run, Rob. They, they needed to add size at yeah. the corner position, um, and they do that with a, a guy who's like a prototype corner with his athleticism. He's just such a smooth mover. Uh and a, a guy who I, I know he got banged a bit for his ball skills, but I thought they improved a lot this year. Like he did a lot better uh, job um, finding the football in phase. I th- like you saw it in the interception numbers jumped up. Uh, a guy who's scheme versatile. Like uh, they play a bunch of pattern match at Oregon. And he's so good in pattern match. Like pre- you play press man, off man, off zone. Like he played whatever you need him to play. Yeah. And then yeah, it's just the fact that he's an elite athlete with such loose hips, such light feet. It's pretty much just getting a little more physical and press and that's that like i don't i hated the like kind of he's soft allegations because i didn't think he played soft yeah, or anything he's just not a big physical press guy it's just when people were putting up against what Devin witherspoon you know like yeah you know what i mean and like i even joey porter jr like whatever um yeah but then even like emmanuel forbes i don't know, like I, I can't get my head around that taking forbes over gonzalez anyways like you said, like, you know, undersized uh, corner group, but that was a hell of a fun group last year. But, like, you know, putting a lot of those guys in better positions, you know, like, like you're not going to ask uh, Marcus Jones. Like, he was he was playing, like, against wide receivers ones a little bit too much down the stretch last year, right? And just bringing Gonzalez in, you get you let those guys get into their best spots, right? Who they, they The rookie showed a lot, and you know what I mean? Like, Getting another guy in there, but who can be the top dog and cover every wide receiver one in the NFL? That just a plus plus plus, like you said. Yeah, um, and, and and it's great that he's joining a secondary that has some like dudes in it already and mm-hmm. some up and coming young talent, right? Like Jack Jones had his moments as a rookie. Yeah, I'm excited to see this secondary, this defense in general, because they also added Georgia Tech's uh, Keon White, defensive lineman, at 46. And he looked mad when he got drafted. And I like that because he plays mad. Um, he's another guy. Like, he is – if he – if I could have picked any team mm-hmm. for Keon White to land on, this would be the one because they use defensive linemen who are built like him to perfection. My comp for him was literally Dietrich Weiss, who was on the roster. Um, Keon White can play 4-I, 3-tech, 2-tech, 5-tech, wherever you yeah. need him. He's big, physical, explosive – like, he's not a super refined pass rusher, but he's such a strong uh, run defender, and he sets a mean edge, and he holds the the point really well. Yeah, at, at, like you said, absolutely perfect landing spot for Keon White. Um, in, in general, too, good value here. The, the edges went pretty quickly. Like, you know, I had 30, I, he was 38th on my board. We heard first-round talk. They get him at 46. That That's great. Um, you know, they needed to add another piece there, too. Like I know, I know this class gets so goofy, but I feel like they absolutely nailed the top 100 picks. Like they they crushed them. I think. Yeah, both in terms of fit, um, fit and and need and, and value, like and value and 
Let's just make our defense freaking cool and take Martin Mapu at 76. So, uh, uh, safety linebacker hybrid from Sacramento State. Who couldn't? Another guy who literally this is the best possible <laughs> team for me yeah, to land on. Yeah, exactly. And like I was maybe a little bit, I had him like 95 on my board, 176. But in the third round, who cares? Like 20 spots don't matter. Um, yeah, man. I mean, it's going to be so interesting to see how they deploy him because he's, he's that safety linebacker hybrid. But this is the perfect team for him. I mean, they, they already have Duggar doing so much of that stuff. Like you said, they, they, when we talked um, last episode, Adrian Phillips does that. Um, Jabril Peppers. Jabril. They love this type of player. <laughs> they love it. And I think I think this is, a just like you said, an ideal and landing spot for Mapu. D- different from those guys is Mapu's a little bigger. Yeah. And has, um, at the Senior Bowl, we saw him playing a true off-ball linebacker role. And looked really good at it. Like, I'm I'm wondering if the plan for him is whereas with those guys it's more of like a safety who comes down mm-hmm. role. I wonder with Mapu will it be more of a linebacker who plays in space role because they don't totally have that type of linebacker right now, right? Like yeah. Juwan Bentley and Jelani Tavai are are just <laughs> like meat head fly downhill blow yeah. up pullers. The the classic New England Patriot linebacker. Um, so I'm interested to see how they de- deploy Mapu, but Mapu also plays with that like psychoticness too, like looking to kill people. Yeah, and I mean, <clears throat> you know, hey, Dalton Kincaid joins the joins the division. The rest of the tight ends in the division aren't aren't too <laughs> aren't too shiny, but Mapu could possibly be that tight end matchup guy too, right? And when you got that, I know Duggar does it pretty damn well, but then you can let Duggar go in freestyle, which I think he did fantastically like, last year. On paper, this defense looks insane. It's a lot of fun. If if everyone clicks, it's it could be one of the most fun defenses in the league. Yes, for sure. Uh, and then with their the three fourth round picks, they start with uh, center from Troy, Jake Andrews, another guy who it's like I I think they reached on, yeah. But he like this is a great landing spot for him. He's this guy who we talked about. He he like plays with a low center of gravity. He's always got such great. Um, uh, leverage his hand placement's really good. He's a mean run blocker. Um, feels like a guy who I thought was gonna go in like the sixth round and find his way into a starting mm-hmm. lineup. Goes fourth round. I th- like he's the center of the future. Yeah, I think so. And like, I I agree. Where it was like Adam one seventy. This is one oh seven. That's a reach, but the fit is good. And yeah, and then <laughs> I know I just want to talk about all the interior guys. But hey, between between Andrews and the rest. They took a kicker, Chad Ryland from Maryland, who it's a need for them. You know, like yeah, Nick Folks getting up there. Yeah, and he had some some tough misses this past yep. year. Chad, Chad Ryland was hands down the second best kicker in the class after Jake Moody. Um, Moody was off the board. Like the the Patriots traded up for Ryland, and I I think it was just a fear of not having the chance to draft him. Uh, Hit eighty two point six percent of his kicks this past year at Maryland. Before that, he was at Eastern Michigan. Um, I I mean, like I don't love drafting kickers. Like the value's not amazing, but especially he's a good in the fourth round, yeah. he was the second kicker, and one went in the third round. So uh, <laughs> plus big Big Ten and the MAC. Like, come on, that's so true. He's built to play in New England weather. You know, you know, Bill was upset. It wasn't Moody though. I'll say that. Yes. Ryland, big leg, baby. He does. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, fourth fourth round, their second fourth rounder, uh, Eastern Michigan guard, City Sow, who's Canadian. And uh, in their in the fifth round, they, they finish off their interior offensive line group with uh, UCLA's Antonio Moffey, two of our faves. <laughs> just, 
just just beef, baby. Just beef. And like Jake Andrews is a wide center too. Like this is just beef. They're all three of these guys are big and mean and yeah, fun. Yeah. Sow Sow's the athletic one, like uh so explosive. Such a like it's funny, I swear like they hit on Michael and Wenyu. And now they're just drafting oh. interior linemen who are built like him, who are like <laughs> six five, three thirty. Corner of the market, baby. I love it. I love it. I mean, and you brought it up. Like maybe when he goes out and plays tackle, which he's done in the past, and look, or, look good doing I, it. I was thinking about that. Like he's in a contract year. Maybe they they don't think they'll pay him, which feels not smart. But which, but not surprising. Whatever for them, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like maybe they're just getting ready for that. But yeah, like. One of City Sour Antonio Moffy is going to start a game this year. Yeah. yeah, and I think one of them is going to end up being a long-term starter. Um, and I just appreciate that, like, they drafted Cole Strange in the first round last year. They hit on Michael and Wenyu a couple years ago. Uh, they're like David Andrews getting up there in age. They've just like reset their interior offensive line. They they so badly need tackle help. Yeah, but they uh they got these guys and. Mafia, I think, had more pancakes on tape than any yeah. offensive lineman in this class. <clears throat> yeah. City Sal, when he was pulling, was like the most terrifying sight. I would not want to be playing linebacker and, and having to come down on that. Um, both are just kind of big, mean run maulers. Um, I actually have Mafia higher than Sal, but Sal's a much better athlete. So, I don't know. As a fan of both these guys, I'm really happy about this. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so much fun. Um at 187 to the sixth round, this is a really interesting pick. The the, I mean, I don't know if you want to call it a slide, but compared to this time last year, the slide of Kayshawn Booty, it ends here with with Billy B re, uh, reeling him in. Um, I think this is about where I had him. Like I had him 168 going 187. A very very interesting team for him to land on. Yeah, I had him 144. So, I think like ultimately, obviously he had a bad year. Got some some concerns, um, but it, it was the testing that did him in. Because I think if yeah. he tested even average, he would have probably gone in the fourth round. Yeah. Uh, but man, the the flashes on tape, like what he could do with the ball in his hands as a yak guy, and it's interesting because like New England needed receiver help and they didn't draft any until here. Um, so I wonder kind of what Keishawn Booty's expectations will be in in the next couple years or if he'll just flame out completely. But I think for him, like it's a good thing he landed with a staff who's going to be tough on him. Yeah. Um, Cause he has so much upside. Yeah. I, it, this feels like a pick where he's either going to end up being like a really solid piece for the Patriots or he'll be out of the league shortly. I, I hope it's the former or the, or the latter. I should say for, for the Patriots, especially with so many picks, um, this was totally worth the swing here. Oh, yeah. Like, even if he's out of the league in a year, it was worth the swing because, again, yeah, you throw on what he was doing in the SEC against Alabama, against Georgia, like, some of the yak plays he was doing. And he's also, like, sneaky good at just being a chain mover, mm-hmm. finding those soft holes in zone. And, like, uh, like he's a smart football player. Just, like, the drops and testing poorly yeah. and it just all, like, snowballed. But, no, totally worth it here. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, yeah, like... So much opportunity for him to, to potentially uh, get some solid playing time with the Pats, with that receiver group. And you have to really respect New England for they took a kicker in the fourth round, so they go get a Big Ten punter in the sixth round in Michigan State's Bryce Berenger, punter one. Um, their only punter on the roster is Corliss Waitman. 
who uh, is known for outkicking his coverage uh, and like like literally outkicking his coverage. Um, Behringer, I, th- I think, is a good pick. <laughs> I think it's a good pick, too. Yeah, like in the sixth round, we're perfectly cool with punter territory, almost pushing dude, to pick 200. Dude hits bombs. Yeah. Average 49 a punt this past year. Uh, his story's cool. He was... I think he walked on Michigan State in 2018. He was cut in 2019. He returned in 2020 to be their starting punter for the next three years. Leaves an All-American. He was the team photographer the year he wasn't on the team, too, which is hilarious. He looks he looks like a mix between a photographer and a, and a punter, I'm going to be honest. No, this is a good pick. He's a big guy. He's a, yeah, he's well-built. Yeah, that's a good pick. Um, Better pick. They go back to the receiver well at 210 in the sixth round. Get my guy, Demario Douglas, who's a little jitterbug. Mm-hmm. Uh, he showed up to the East-West Shrine Bowl, and I thought he was one of the best, if not the best, route runners. A little undersized, like 5'8", 179. Um, kind of like an Isaiah McKenzie, um, just with the ability to make massive plays with the ball in his hand. But he, he stretched stretch the field a little bit. Yeah. He's a good return man. He had uh, two pump return touchdowns in college. Um, I think this is a good fit for him. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like they're going to end up like the Patriots have done such a poor job res- drafting receivers, especially, but high, you know. I, I feel like between Booty and Douglas, they're going to end up finding um, someone to contribute, right? I think so. I mean, I, I can see Douglas making this team for just being like, not doing exactly what Marcus Jones did on offense for mm-hmm. them last year. But, like, having a similar role where a couple times a game they bring him in and they have designed stuff just to get the ball in his hand yeah, in space. Yeah, agreed. Um, up, at 214, they go with uh, Michigan State corner Amir Speed, who's really interesting because he spent five years at Georgia, like, not playing. Transferred to Michigan State this year was their top corner. He is, like obnoxiously long yeah. and athletic yeah uh where this is like i mean sixth seventh round you're to me you either take guys who you'd already contribute on special teams or who are six three corners that run four three four i mean he'll probably contribute on special teams too now he's got a chance we'll see. yeah but like you know what i mean like guys with mm-hmm. long time special teams experience um so i thought that was a fun one and then they they finish off seventh round with another corner jacksonville state's Isaiah Bolden, who's another big corner uh, that tested really well and has uh, kick return experience. He's 6'2 and ran a 4 3 3. Why not roll the dice on two big athletic corners in the in the six and seven? Like that's just that's smart football. I love it. A plus from you? I just, no, I gave him an A minus. Um mainly because like it just, just the quadrupling down on or tripling down on certain positions, like kind of ignoring the receiver position. Uh, but like in my heart, it's an A plus plus. I love what Belichick and the team did. Um, I, I, I like this team a lot. If Mac Jones wasn't the quarterback, they'd be one of my the teams I'd be most excited for. Trade for Trey Lance, or even if they just went with Zappy. Like Zappy's so lovable. That's. That's how they earn my life. Yeah, I give them a B plus. Uh, so not too far off. Again, I just think they absolutely nailed the top one hundred. Um, then they got so goofy, but I, I I love it too. Like I respect it. Can, can I just point out they were a team who was like matched to running backs all pre draft? Yeah. 
and they didn't draft well, a single one. You know, you know and how like I feel most, about Ramondre, so that that gives him a bump too but, for me, right? But I just think that's funny because like most years they draft running backs. Like I know, like every year they just like take at least one. Well, and they didn't they, take any this year. And they took two last year. <laughs> well, Pierre Strong is the best. Hey, both those guys ended up Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong both ended up playing a little bit. So yeah, I but mean, they, I mean, like they signed James Robinson. Exactly. Like, yeah. They they invest the beefy offensive linemen instead, and they'll be able to. Ramondre Ramondre behind the beef, oh baby, I love it. Uh, I, man, you can just picture Ramondre, Moffy, Sal, <laughs> Big Trent Brown, Cole Strange, Michael. When you like eating oh, ribs after, oh, oh. or or they're planning on a Thanksgiving and they're all eating the turkey, <laughs> after the game. running for two hundred fifty yards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You can see it. Oh man, I love it. Okay, the New York Jets, the final team of the AFC East. Uh, obviously, before the draft, they traded for uh, a man named Aaron Rodgers, and that meant moving back from the 13th pick to the 15th pick. Um, they might actually have to give up their first-round pick next year as a result mm, so, of Aaron Rodgers' guy. Sounds like it. Um, which is interesting. Uh, so, with the 15th pick, they, they take Iowa State edge rusher Will McDonald, who... I think it's a little polarizing. It sounds like the NFL was higher on him yeah. than the media. Um, I was certainly a lot lower than the 15th pick with him. I think I, I had him uh, 39th. And I had like a, an edge rusher who... Well, Will McDonald's big bang was that um, sub 245 and it's just like... Nolan Smith fell to the thirtieth pick because of that. And yeah. Nolan Smith's a better football player. So agreed. Um, it did address a need. I get like they just have not really had a cons- edge rushing threat. They drafted Jermaine Johnson in the first round last year. They didn't play him a whole lot. Uh, so it's just I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. I I, I had him forty one, so about the same same reach for me. I mean. I, I like Will McDonald, but also, you know, he's going to be 24 shortly. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's worth the 15th overall pick. I, I think he is, he, like, for, you, for what you need him to do or for what you want him to do, you know, with the athleticism, the, the get off, the first step, you know, the, the long arms. The arm. Like, I like him, but, you know, I like him if the, you're taking the, him 36, you know, like. The, the parts are there for him to be a, a, a really high end uh, situational pass rusher. Um, it's also tough, like, because of the defense he played in Iowa State yeah. was, like, playing so much 4-I. Like, you never fully got a good look at it, but you saw the flashes. So, I think you're betting on those flashes. You're betting on the high athleticism. Um, but, again, at the same time, he's 24. Uh, he's – I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on him early to kind of be that pass rusher. Because if you look at their edge group, it's, it's him – it's Carl Lawson who wasn't the same player last year. Yeah. It's it, it it's Jermaine Johnson who didn't play very much as a first round rookie. It's Michael Clemens who is their best rookie pass rusher from last year, maybe. Like I think there's just a lot of pressure on Will McDonald. I thought this was like fifteen picks too early. I thought there was a better undersized edge rusher on the field or on the board in Nolan Smith who just as athletic, just as small, younger with way more violent hands. Yeah, it feels like even if Will McDonald has a successful NFL career, it feels like he'll never... I mean, I shouldn't say never, but like, I feel like the odds are stacked against him to live up to the selection. The Aaron Rodgers 
Swap pick selection. <laughs> yeah, no, but like, like, like you said, the expectations—they're going to need him to contribute. I mean, Jermaine Johnson's going to have to take a big leap too, and yeah, and, and to me too. The, the other thing is like, if you just want like a guy you know is going to be solid at football and be a starting edge rusher, Miles Murphy's the pick. He's 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 only twenty-one as well. Like he's one of the youngest players, and if you want that high upside athleticism but also have a high floor because of his football character and the way he defends the run, Nolan Smith. I think Will McDonald of those three is the most busty. Yeah. And I mean, that hey. That sounded weird. <laughs> he has the most bust potential. Apparently, you know, they got jumped for Broderick Jones and the Patriots screwed him, right? And that, that factors in. But, like, you know, at 43, they could have, say they didn't take Will McDonald there, they could have sat and just taken Keon White, who... I think you feel a lot better with Keon White at, at 43 than you do with uh, McDonald at 15, no? I I, I think so. Um, or tr- just trade back. Mm-hmm. Get, I don't know, Derek Hall, BJ Algelare, like Those guys went in the second round. Yeah. I don't think they're that far off from Will McDonald. Um, but this second round, they at 43, they get uh, Wisconsin center Joe Tipman. I think this pick makes a lot of sense. Uh, super long athletic center who's got guard versatility. Yeah. Um, they had a massive need uh, to add another interior offensive lineman. Uh, I'm not sure if he'll... I'm assuming he's going to play center, but they brought back Connor McGovern, mm-hmm. so they won't need to throw him into the fire right away. He's a younger guy. All the potential's there. Uh, I thought this this made a lot of sense. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. I'm a little lower on Tittman than uh, I think a lot of people were. I I, I I had him fifty eight. I had him sixty eight. Um, okay. You know that that he's a big center and sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. Right? He plays high too. Uh, yeah, he's an unbalanced player. Yeah, he is really. Um, so, but I think it's still a smart pick, especially with where you know Juice Scruggs. I'm going to keep calling him back, but with Scruggs going to what twenty picks later, I think that's a, a smart pick. It's a need. Um, so I'm not like I'm not saying this is a, this is an A plus pick, but I think it's a very solid pick. Yeah, and I like again. I, I I think there's he's a little raw in the fact that he yeah. would be thrown to the fire is really good because I think we've seen some centers go top 100 who immediately have to start and they really struggle because a center is a position that takes some adjustment. Like yeah. a lot's put on your plate making those line calls, especially with a veteran quarterback like Aaron Rodgers where he's going to yeah. be so specific with it. I know he had some success uh, with Josh Myers as a rookie, but like uh, I think that's just a good thing. Um, then they didn't pick again till the fourth round, one twenty. They take Pittsburgh tackle Carter Warren, who I think we're both pretty solid fans of. Yeah, one thirty eight, one thirty eight on my board. But he felt like the last guy uh, in the draft that could develop into a starting tackle. Yeah, he was kind of like the guy we had pointed to as this guy's gonna go on day three, but uh, he has he has the upside to be more than just a kind of a swing tackle. Yeah, and I could have been overdrafted um, and wasn't. You know, this is this is right where we, we had him. Um, not a lot of, like, tackles after him. I think that's a smart pick. And, yeah, a good, and, great length on him. Um, yeah. Yeah, like just a guy that they bring in and could develop into their, their starting, um, I mean, left or right tackle potentially down the road. And, and if he didn't get hurt, I think he could have gone higher yeah. too. Like, he, like, missed a lot of this season at Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like over 35-inch arms – Moves a lot better than you expect for a guy like that. Yeah. Like carries his weight really well. Um, I think he's a really interesting developmental tackle. Uh, and another guy who he's not going to be forced into action. Like 
They have Dwayne Brown coming back. They they drafted Max Mitchell last year. Like they're hoping Mackay Beckton can stay healthy. Like he he might be the fourth tackle. Yeah. Week one for them, right? So that that's good. Uh, fifth round they get your guy at 143. Uh, the guy Nathaniel Hackett called and everyone saw his facial hair. Uh, Pittsburgh running back Israel Abanaconda. The Jets love running backs. They do. Kind of kind of unhappy that you know he's he's in a thick crowded backfield, like because obviously you know. Breeshaw's come off the ACL, so maybe there's concerns. He's you know he's not going to be so super ready. But you know Michael Carter's out of a night showed a lot last year. But I think at this point of the draft, where um you know so especially where some other backs went, um very very big fan of this pick. I, I had him as a top 100 guy, um but he brings something like I mean Breeshaw's great, but he brings something that the other guys don't, where he just has that pure home run speed. Burst. Yeah, man, and yeah. like burst and top end speed. Yeah. And like, and, I mean, mm-hmm, good. Brees is coming off the injury, yeah. right? So it's a little bit of insurance for that. Like, I think you look at it like Michael Carter isn't a true RB one. Mm-hmm. He's more of that satellite back. Um, that maybe like a super he minds role at best. Um, Zonovan Knight's like a good solid third guy, yeah. but Abanacano, you're right. He his athleticism is something that backfield doesn't have as a true just pure home run hitter um and so i think it's really interesting i'm interested uh, i wonder how how many touches a game he would get i don't know and like if if like if Brees is slow to come back i think he's getting mixed in more um with Brees back fully healthy i'm not sure exactly what the idea for the role of a bonaconda i think more just like you know carter's the third down um type of guy maybe when Brees needs a breather and it's a first down that's where we'll see it more of a bonaconda i don't know exactly what his role is going to be but i think irregardless um, you know, a, a position, I don't know, I don't know if I want to put questions, but like with, with Priest's injury, really good position to shore up in the, in at like 143. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was lower on him than you a lot lower, but I, I, I still had him one. I had him exactly 143. I'm a freaking that, genius. That's weird. There you go. That's weird. That's how you know he's going to hit. Um, sixth round. They take Western Michigan linebacker Zaire Barnes, who's a freaky athlete mm-hmm. that has, like, this is a pure special teams linebacker pick. Dude has a ton of special teams linebacker, or, sorry, <laughs> special teams snaps in his career. Uh, I comped him to Grant Stewart, who was literally drafted just to play special teams. Uh, I, I, I like this. I also think it's a good landing spot because Quincy Williams is kind of the archetype yeah. for Zaire Barnes turning into more than a explosive special teams linebacker. So I thought that that was a fun, fun little landing spot for him. Quincy Williams was so damn good last year, and I just like, I couldn't believe when the Jaguars took him top one hundred, and then it just double sucks that he's good and they don't have him on their roster. Yeah, he signed a contract extension, three for eighteen, baby. Good for him. He's a fun player. He is very fun. Um, And then I I, go go ahead. Sorry, not enough is made of him and Quinnen being brothers. That's true. It's very true. Um, <laughs> it's double down in the sixth round, two hundred four. Um, the LSU corner, Jerick Bernard Converse. I think this is a pretty pretty fun swing here. Well, another guy who's a superb athlete. Yep. Um, who uh, played was like a three or four year starter at Oklahoma State. Transferred to LSU, uh, starting corner for them. Had the big time interception in the end zone against Alabama. Um, he's long. Mm-hmm. He is not super physical. He's like an off zone guy, but. 
Yeah, it's a special teams pick with that athleticism. And yeah, had had moments as a corner, like you like you just mentioned there. And then uh, the crown jewel of this <laughs> this class comes in the seventh round with uh, tight end Zach Koontz, who you know obviously had the injury, but um, still went way lower than I anticipated with how these tight ends flew off the board. Um, I had a one thirty six of mine, so getting him at two twenty on a team that like he could develop into a important piece. I think that's a great pick. Yeah, he offers something that they don't really have. They don't really have a F tight end in there, right? No. Uh, Uzama, Conklin, like um, Jeremy Rockert, who they drafted, uh, what, the fourth round out of Ohio State, or third round, sorry, out of Ohio State last year, who's a wide tight end. Like, Coots gives them a long, like, and obviously he's a seventh round pick. Like, he's not going to make an impact as a rookie. No. But he's a long developmental F tight end who has some good wiggle in his routes. Um, maybe get him on the practice squad, bring him along slowly. I, I thought, like, the 6th and 7th round are taking for taking big swings on athleticism, and they did that with their 6th and 7th round picks. Agreed. Um, talking through it, I think I might end up with a better grade on this class than I had written down. Uh, what did you give them? I gave them a B-. minus. I had a C-plus written, but I was, I was leaning into more, more a, a B-. It's just... When you don't like the first round pick, it's and like I'm not a huge Joe Tipman fan, but I like the pick. Um, it's hard to kind of like you know to, to to pump it up, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I, I'm gonna follow suit here and go with a B minus. I appreciate that they clearly prioritize athleticism mm-hmm. throughout the draft uh, and, and, and size at the positions where yeah, like uh, size on the offensive line, um, and just yeah, like they drafted a bunch of really good testers. Uh, so I, I can respect that. Um, but yeah, it is it is tougher when you don't absolutely love the first or second round pick. But I, th- I like their day three picks a lot. Yeah, me too. And I, Will McDonald's going to be one of those rookies um, that I think, you know, when we're doing our rookie show week in, week out, is going to be under the spotlight. And I mean, obviously, not, not you know, it doesn't, it's not big shoes to fill directly, but this is a team that got so much out of their rookie class last year with the offensive and defensive rookie of the year. Like, their first round picks expected to do more maybe you know what like i i also think mcdonald uh confidence jermaine johnson well, he does yeah like, jermaine johnson's not super bendy he's more of a power yeah. guy who has a little more size to him he plays with his freaking hair on fire he's a good run defender so i think like uh, when you look at it in the context of that like those two edges complement each other with yeah. Quentin williams and john franklin myers and the, the a, a inside like it's fine the vision makes sense yes the fit makes sense. Like, it's just they want Will McDonald to be their Carl Lawson. Yeah, gonna be interesting. And they, the spotlight's gonna be on this team this year too. So I think McDonald's gonna have to have to do a lot for them. All right. Well, uh, I can't. What are we talking next? AFC North or NFC East? Uh, we we got we got to stick in the East, baby. All right. So we jump into the NFC East next. Can't wait to talk about uh, the Eagles being the best at what they do, which is just drafting Georgia defenders. <laughs> 